Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 885 4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508 252 3359. Propane Heating and Cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's Monday. It is December 26th. Hope everyone uh, enjoyed. I mean, very cold, though, folks. This has been quite the cold snap. Wild weather from Friday. And then uh, just bone-chilling, freezing cold. Christmas Eve, Christmas. I hope you had... A Merry Christmas. I still want to wish you a Merry Merry Christmas. We can still say that. Now, it's Monday. We're going to do a little bit of uh, memory lane. I'm going to do some some updates. We're going to uh, re-go back to some of the interviews that we've done. So we're going to float some new information. We're also going to float a little bit of a best of. So, But it is Monday. It is December 26th. Merry Christmas, one and all. Everyone, this is the nationally recognized holiday since... Christmas fell on uh, yesterday on Sunday. So, but you are listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, we have been talking about this case. It started... In the aftermath of the Varsity Blues case, which were parents of means paying a certain amount of money, uh, the big scheme with Varsity Blues through a middleman, Rick Singer, it was actually even turned into a, a film. I think I saw it on Netflix, but they would uh, it essentially got some pretty high profile individuals and children and then other less profile individuals, but into some of uh, very choice top schools, USC. Georgetown. Uh, we had the situation with Gordy Ernst, who then ran into that, and he seemed to be running a side deal. And then it came upon this case out of Boston, where you had this Harvard fencing coach. And it stemmed from someone that noticed a home in Needham that uh, sold for a ridiculous, almost double what it was worth, and then contacted the reporter of the Boston Globe, did some digging. Uh, Charges were brought against this very successful businessman who turned out two of his sons got into Harvard and were on the fencing team. And the coach of Harvard, who sold this home, did business with the man, and then seemingly bought a condo in Cambridge. And, uh, and it, it would seem that we have a result in this trial that has been taking place and playing out over the past week. And they have come back with a, with a not guilty verdict here, Tim Dodd. Yes, um, I was a little bit surprised, not more than a little bit surprised yeah. with the not guilty verdicts. Um, it's interesting that during the closing, um, um, the attorney for Peter Brand, the defensing coach, yep. said to the jury, look, there's lots of potential conflicts of interest here, and it may not feel right, but mm. this is not a, these are not, these are not bribes. Right. So. That um, put into the yeah. put into the jurors' minds that you know this is an odd situation, but it's not bribes. And this case had a lot of facts and issues different than the standard varsity blues case. Let's look at Lori Laughlin and her yes. daughter Jade. Now. Lori Laughlin and her husband paid off to uh, the middleman there, the, the guy that dreamed this all up. 
they phonied Rick Singer. Rick, Rick Singer, Singer, thank you. Yep. And they phonied up Jade as being some recruit for the um, rowing team to to do crew. She'd never been in a boat, but they took a bunch of phony pictures to make it look like you know she was a participant in crew. Total fraud. They pay the money. She gets in. She never joins the crew team, and she's boom. She's at USC. In in this case, the gentleman with the deep pockets, the wealthy businessman Jack Zhao, he had two sons who apparently were eminently qualified in their own right, based upon their resumes, to get accepted to Harvard and to um, get on the fencing team. They had been fencers, I guess, in high school. They had great academic um, records, extracurriculars, the whole trip. So if their dad, Jack Zoe, never talked to this Peter Brand guy, arguably they would have been qualified um, guys for the um, fencing team. In fact, they were both admitted. In fact, they both were on the fencing team for all four years. And I believe, I don't know which brother is which, but one graduated with something north of a 3.8 GPA. And the other brother graduated with a GPA north of 3.9. So they were good students. They were athletes. They were on the fencing team. They were qualified. Now, the prosecutors would say maybe they were qualified, but dad didn't want to take any chances. He wanted to ensure their admission. He was willing to pay off to do it. So you get this crazy situation with the house that Jack Zoe played double for and then sold at a loss. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there was um, sufficient testimony, apparently, um, from Peter Brand, the coach, and others in his um, list of witnesses to say this was always a loan. Uh, they were able to show that this guy, Jack Zhao, had loaned money to other friends on many other occasions, substantial sums of money without promissory notes, without writings, without guarantees, without anything. So it's not like it was a one-off situation that he did for this guy, Peter Brand. Apparently he did it all the time. And the unwritten agreement was, I'm going to loan you the money. We know that when your mother passes away, Peter, you're going to inherit a good chunk of money. And when you get your inheritance, you'll pay me back. And in fact, mother passed away. He got his inheritance and he paid back all the outstanding monies owed to this guy, Jack Zhao. Now, maybe if this hadn't been discovered, he would have gotten his inheritance and never given the money back, but they had to cover the base for the sake of this um, criminal trial. But it all kind of hung together. So I think that certainly all of these facts taken in their totality, um, the defense attorneys did their job of raising reasonable doubt. Is there doubt, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that this was a bribe? If the, if the government doesn't prove it, you must come back not guilty. Yep. Was there doubt that it was not a bribe, that it was, in fact, unsecured oral loans for significant sums of money? It might seem unusual, but in the world these guys were in, it was not unusual, apparently. So I think there was some good lawyering done, and I think that both of these defendants had to have a lot of intestinal fortitude to, to stand up there and roll the dice to try this case in front of a jury. I think the other interesting thing is the middleman who was sort of in business for himself, um, he was given immunity from prosecution yeah. and all sorts of sweetheart deals by the government. Yeah. Right. So apparently they picked the wrong horse in this particular race because these two guys walk and the government's left having done the sweetheart deal of all sweetheart deals for the informant who testified for the government. So the government won most of these cases, but this was a um, stunning loss for the government and a a kind of a sweet victory for these two guys. Really sweet victory. Tim Dodd, what about the line uh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Stephen Frank said, listen, we're not saying that the two sons were not great students of good fences, but I like the line, it doesn't matter, Brady of fencing or the Albert Einstein of academics. 
if Brady's father paid a million-dollar bribe to the coach of the University of Michigan, make sure he's recruited, it doesn't matter whether or not he's good enough. This is still a crime. It's still bribery. But but it, it sure sounds to him, Dodd. I, some of the other people that quickly you know, played guilty and so forth, you wonder how they may have feared in, in the course if they decided to maybe roll the dice and go the route that Peter branded. Well, yeah, and the prosecutors were also, you know, implying or stating outright that Jack Zhao, his kids were certainly qualified, but yep. no one's a guarantee to get into Harvard. No, and, no. you know, he pay, they, they claimed that he paid off to make sure that the kids yeah. got in. He didn't want to right. take any chances. Now, to your, to your point about what other defendants might now be thinking in retrospect, should we have mm. tried our case too, this was a unique case, um, yeah. far different than a lot of the other cases where parents were paying um, silver um, to make sure their kid got in with a phony resume of phony participation in sure. sports. Good point. So, you know, phony tennis player, phony crew member, phony, you know, all kinds of phony um, trumped up um, claims of sports participation. Um, those cases were entirely different. This had the uniqueness of well-qualified young men who likely would have gotten into Harvard without their dad paying off somebody. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. I like to be introduced to everybody. You know, everybody for some reason picked up Undertaker's. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to no, you. All right. Sheriff Urbano have... Benny Martinez. Yes, sir. That sound good? All right, Sheriff Martinez. You are the sheriff at Brooks County. Yes, sir. You know, I don't have to tell you. It, it's my understanding. How, how close are you? You're you're right, Brooks County. You're you're right at the border. You're dealing with the people that come right up the border. Yes, sir. We're seventy miles north of the border. Seventy miles. Wow. Okay. Um, how long have you? Let me just make sure you talk right into the microphone. How sure. long have you been? Um, how long have you been the sheriff at Brooks County? Uh, seven, six years. Six years. Yes. And I'm just going off at the and, um, at the end of July. Is that true? There were 66 bodies of dead migrants. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Well, we're currently at 78. 78. Yes, sir. And what what is the? I'm sure it's varied, but what are some of the various causes of death? Hydration, weather. Hmm. That's that's number one cause of death. Yeah. Yes. Take us inside a little bit. Now, first of all, where, where, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Brooks County. Brooks County. Yes, sir. Okay. And when did you decide or realize that you wanted to be a sheriff and be in law enforcement? That was probably at the age of 20. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, at the age of 20, uh, I felt like that was a calling I had. So I got into the State Police Academy at the age of 22. Hmm. Graduated for at the age of 23 and been a long Texas man. Texas State Police Texas State Police for 29 years. Is that the is that the Texas Rangers? The, the, no, the, the, yeah, it's the, it is. It's, it's how the Texas Rangers are formed. Okay, it's, it's called the Texas Department of Public Safety. Yep, and within that, the branch, there's a service called the Texas Rangers. Okay, I took the service of narcotics. 
versus Texas Rangers. I, I, I felt more at ease uh, going to the field of narcotics versus Texas Rangers. Sure. And when did you become the sheriff of Brooks County? 2017. Mm. What kind of department do you have? We have a small department. Uh, myself, command staff of two or three, and then the five deputies that I have out there working. So, what what vehicles or horses? Vehicles. Okay. Could yeah. you could you ride a horse if you needed to? Yes, you do. Yes. Do you have horses at your disposal if you have to use yes, them? Sir. You do. Yes. And what was it like? 2017, 2018, 2019? Well, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it wasn't like this, really. It was very mild. Uh, we, I felt like everything, we had things under control. I think we had the lowest at 30. You know, when the new administration came in, the Trump administration came in, it, it, it settled. Okay, it, it settled. And that's because the implementation of, of his, uh, the wall and everything else that went with it. Okay, the re resources that were being applied to the border, so that helped a lot on, on inland, so to speak. Okay, so anything that's that that's done in, along the river, it helps inland. Okay, that's pretty much a common sense type of issue. The more resources you put on the front, the less re you know less resources you need at the other end. So Brooks County. Um People there, working families struggling? Very much so. Yeah. Uh, 90, 90, 95% of them are Hispanic population. Uh, most of the work they do, if it's major work, they got to go outside the county. Hmm. I think the highest uh, employment entity is the school, the schools, and uh, a private sector that, that houses uh, federal uh, inmates. When, when um, what is, I, I don't know if there is a typical day, but what would a typical day be like? You know, it varies, but on a typical day, uh, we can go out into the brush and maybe recover two or three bodies ah. in one day. Is that a big part of it? Yes. Majority. So you work, you work with the medical examiner? Well, yes, in Laredo. It's in Laredo, Texas. Okay. But, and we do have our own morgue mm. that we have in there in, in, in the county, in the sheriff's office. Yep. Do you, um, how would you describe the traffic of people that enter our country and come through Brooks County? You know, that's, that's a good question. You, you have your workers that, that, that are going to come into work, but you also have your criminal uh, element within the workers, okay? We have a, a pretty good percentile that are hardened criminals that are filtering through, okay? We, we do have... We work sexual assault cases that occur. Oh, that's, that's another issue we, we handle. Uh, we worked uh, where they go out there and steal. Uh, they, they they steal implements of, of uh, in terms of tractors and and, uh, and just drive, go cross country with it. Just wow. tearing up fences as they drive the tractor. Do they respect our laws? No, they don't. No. Do they respect you and your staff? Uh, no, because we don't. do have a lot of uh, fleeing vehicles, you know, uh, fail, uh, fail to yield type of uh, issues. Yep. You know, we can have those maybe three, four times a day. Now, what do you what do you tell your crew when they are dealing with the fail to yield? To be very careful. Yeah. Uh, because they're also using their their uh, escort vehicles to block oh. block the police block block us. Right, so they can get away. So that's another issue that we we deal with. Hmm. And many of the um, you're saying it's up to 78. Many of the migrant uh, bodies that are found, all ages, all genders, mostly men, mostly female, young, old. Well, the youngest I, I've gotten so far has been 15. Ah, the oldest uh, varies between 50. 60. It, it doesn't discriminate. Right. And we're right about 50-50, maybe 60% males, 40% females. So it, it, it really, it just doesn't discriminate. The weather does not discriminate. It doesn't matter how healthy you look. If, if you get to that point, yeah, yeah you're going to be left out there and you'll eventually die. And is, this is, 
I mean, uh, I would. Uh, some of the people that you find, do they tend to fall more on the side of they they want to come here as workers? It's not someone that's carrying, say, you know, an amount of drugs. That's correct. Yeah. But we, we do also find what we refer to as backpackers. There there are carrying drugs through. Uh, and they have the lead, the lead person or the one in the rear or both. In the front and in the back, they, they have long arms. So we know that's a different type of group. Mm. Okay. So, you know, we, we got into those type of issues. And uh, we have arrested some. We actually, we arrest all of them. Right. Uh, you have but jail cells right there. You do have a we do have a jail. Yep. Yes. We, How many? How 40, many beds? Forty. Good for forty inmates. Oh yeah. Yes. And where do you stand right now? Capacity. Uh, right now we're minimal, simply because I had a lot of my staff members that relocated themselves to other employment. Oh. Better, uh, higher hourly wage. So that's where we at on on that end. But we're we're still accepting. Uh, prisoners or, you know, whomever needs to go to jail will go to jail. Do, do any of them speak English or most it's all Spanish? There's some that we've, we've uh, the returnees, so to speak, they speak some English, yes. And then there's some that, and actually, you're going to actually know the, the coyote a lot quicker because of the way he's dressed and the way his demeanor is, okay? Oh. More, more profound in, in terms of looking at you and you know, going to the questionnaire versus the, the, the others that don't speak English, they'll look at you like, okay, what are, you, what are we talking about? So oh. everything has to be translated, right? So you, you can tell real quick, like. Folks, again, we're speaking with, uh, well, he's known as the Undertaker Sheriff, but it's Sheriff uh, Benny Martinez. Sheriff, um, is there a cartel presence in Brooks County, Texas? Yes, uh, they, they've, they've always been there. Uh, back in 2009, myself and two of my deputies, we were on the hit list from the Zetas because oh. we took down 2,000 pounds of, of their narcotics going through the bro- oh boy. Uh, wow. ranch lands. Yes, we, we, we've always had these type of uh, smuggling rings going through there because oh. people know the rings and, of course, uh, it... it there's a lot of locals there that are that are also involved in issues like that, right? So they they grab keys, they borrow keys to the ranch lands, and and they'll travel through. And we took down a, a ton of dope, which oh. is not unusual. Yep. Uh, and uh, it was on an affidavit saying that uh, myself and uh, my children were mentioned, and oh two boy. of my deputies. So issues like that. Honestly speaking, I knew what I needed to do. Mm. Okay, and I was going to do it. So, yep. But uh, they, the federal government asked me to stand down, and they'll handle it. They, mm. they took care of it. Um, any communication with the governor's office? Yes. You do? Yes. Governor Abbott? Governor Abbott, yes, sir. Has he been supportive? Oh, yes, sir. He has been? Yes, sir. In you fact, have a high opinion of him? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I have supported his initiative from the, from the beginning because I could see the influx of people. I could see how things were kind of out of control, so to speak. Uh, the evading arrests were, felt the years were high. The, the number of people who were coming were high. Uh, we just don't have the, the funding to maintain and sustain what mm-hmm. we wanted to do. Back in 20, 2012, we took a big hit in terms of funding, uh, almost almost seven to eight hundred thousand dollars that the county lost from the general fund oh. so we had to lay people off and we had to cut our salaries by five percent and and i'm still trying to recover those monies to the county oh. so at that point i went to the to governor uh um perry he was a governor yeah rick perry yes and and, and uh, lieutenant governor was dewhurst so we had a roundtable discussion and, and funding started from the governor's office, and up until this day, we're still getting funded hmm. through the governor's office. So, it, it's, could you it's, use more staff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and this is one of the initiatives also that we could hire more staff hmm. uh, in, in Brooks County. I can, instead of the five, I can definitely double, triple that. That's what I need hmm. because it's constant. Okay, you get that, mm-hmm. that is problematic, Sheriff. If, yes. if they know. If they're instructing people, all right, go, you know, drive 90 miles an hour because then they won't chase you, fail to yield. 
I understand, you know, there can be a lot of damages and high-speed chases mm -hmm. are looked at different ways. And if anything, now it's frowned upon with law enforcement. But at the same time, that that's they use that as a means knowing that your crew is not going to follow them. And I understand why, but once they exceed 90 miles an hour. Well, and that is absolutely correct. Yeah. But this is what I've done. I have what you would call a, a uh, memorandum of understanding with, with various counties along the coast of Texas. Okay. All the way up to Fort Bend. So if we if this happens, all we do is advise this is what's happening, this is what it looks like, this is the tags, and on. Because a lot of the, the registration, the license plate, they're stolen from other vehicles. And all they do, it matches the vehicle they have. So on, on site, you think... It's a good plate, but it really is not. Mm. So we look for the vehicle itself and, and uh, try to get it to a point where they're dropping off or following where it's going. So there's a lot of avenues that we have that we can utilize besides getting into a high-speed chase. At your jail, are, are the inmates, are they dangerous or are they just people that came over and then they, they got caught? Well, we don't house people that we just... Get, okay. We, we don't do that. Right. We just turn around and give them to Border Patrol. We have okay. a Border Patrol station there. Sure. We have a checkpoint so there. So what type of, what does someone have to do to become one of your, your prisoners? Smugglers. Smugglers. We okay. go after the smugglers. Smugglers. For, of narcotics. Uh, yeah, or, or people. Or human trafficking. Or human trafficking, yes. And there is some of that. There is lots of that. There's I lots mean, of I, that. I think in the first quarter, we probably had like 100 cases in the first three months. Wow. Yes. And, and when you catch them... You know, how, how do you know? Is it t t take me through? How do how do you apprehend a smuggler? Well, again, if if they stop, right, we, 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 they get arrested. Yep. If they continue and they, we, we happen to intercept them in a, another county, we just bring them back to our county. We just mm. get them arraigned and bring them back to our county. So they're, they're, eventually they're going to go to jail, either where they actually got stopped or back in our county. So it varies on, on the agreements we have and how we, we do, the, do the process. Mm. We want to make sure we get them prosecuted. You know, I um, first of all, folks, again, we're speaking with Sheriff uh, Benny Martinez, the undertaker uh, from Brooks County, Sheriff. Uh, before I let you go, it, it is, um, I, I have been here in the past when the sheriffs are then either going to the White House or they're coming back from the White House. They're being greeted. There's a reception. Um, but what a difference it would make if this was a, a testified last week on, on, on yes, the committee. That's right. And, and they were calling you a liar. Yes. A fearmonger. Wow. Fearmonger. Yes. Who was that? That was a chairperson Padilla out of California. Yes. But yeah. that's their narrative. Their right. narrative is everything is fine. Don't you can't testify to this because everything is fine. You yes. don't know what you're saying, huh? Okay, just like all this narcotics coming across. You know, he said basically said, okay, the only narcotics coming across through the port of entry. Okay, mind you, all there. So how can you justify those flowing across? Right. So there's no okay. He's not good data. Though. So, but they don't want to see that. They're they're just have blinders did you hear from people after he called you a fair monger well, I, I, i've heard about i heard from my own colleagues right yeah and 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 they just we kind of like laughed at it because yeah. that's their narrative ridiculous that's their narrative yeah and, and it's it's we need to kind of like wake up and, and start you know looking at what's happening hmm. and and you know we're a small county i get it we don't they, don't. they don't need Brooks County to get elected. I get it, but guess what? We have human beings there. Yes. And these people that are dying, there's nothing compassionate about what they're going through. Nothing at all. That's right. Okay. You know, and the governor's going to do what he can, and I hope he does more because we need a lot more. Uh, all right. I, and I, I'll, I'll agree with that. But there's nothing compassionate about what's occurring in Brooks County or anywhere else for that matter. That's right. Sheriff Benny Martinez. Sheriff, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for thank stepping you. up. Thank, thank you for being a guest on the John DePietro Show. The Cooey Sit In. 
226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. I mean, is this, wow. Let me see if I can get her right now. And I want to, um... all right, it's Mary Brimmer. Folks, again, good afternoon. Right now, it is uh, 124. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 13. Hi, Mary. Hey, good. Can you come on the radio with me quick, quick? Okay, folks, on the line with us uh, from North Carolina. Kingstown is our friend Republican Mary Brimmer. Good afternoon, Mary. Hi, John. Can you? I'm responding to the Facebook. Have, have you gotten any pictures yet? Is this true that there are two students they're accommodating on this? This is what I am told from two highly reliable sources, very credible people, um, whose reputations and jobs might be on the line if they were lying to me. Uh, my understanding is that in the high school and in Davisville Middle School, there is a student um, in each one that is being accommodated with a litter box because they identify as a cat. It, it, you know, it, can you, is this new that the schools are asking people, is this because of, the, like, can, can you have some back, what, what's the background on this? Well, is this it's, new it's that so, now? It's so, it's so crazy. It takes a minute to digest it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I can't even recall the first time I heard this, but within the last week or two, I heard people joking about there's a, a student being accommodated with a litter box, and I didn't take it seriously myself. And then I saw um, in back-to-school posts comments uh, about this litter box issue, so I pressed and questioned uh, parents, was this true? And they said, yes, it is. And given our school department administration, and I want to be very careful to isolate the teachers from this. I'm talking about the school committee and the school administration that tells teachers and students what they have to do. Okay. This is on them. And if this is true, I've put out a request for pictures. My phone has been blowing up and and I'm hearing that this is going on in Coventry as well. And so the reason I put it out there, and I rarely use social media for politics because, especially on Facebook, it is not a platform that fosters civil discourse and debate, right? It's very hostile. It's, it's toxic. So I just don't do it. But that is the platform I chose to use today to say, is there pictures? Does anybody have pictures? You know, can parents get in the building? Um, we, I'd like to confirm this because it's so ridiculous. And yet, if you Google this issue, apparently this is something happening all around the country. So I'm assuming that this is post-pandemic, stress, anxiety, mental illness, and it needs to be addressed. And, and I'm going to be the one to go out there and say it. Nobody should be surprised about school shootings when you hear about something like this and it's all being ignored that it, there's willful blindness going on by all of the adults in charge so i'm going to be the one today to stick my neck out on the line and say if this is true there's got to be some accountability from the adults in charge there has to be all right is that are, the, are they in in north kingstown do we know if these are boys or girls we don't know okay i, I don't are know. they dressing are they dressing as a cat's I heard uh, one student that one of the students hissed at another student. That the, the student, one of these students who identifies as a cat, has hissed at other students. Because I, I just learned there is this morning I learned it there is a student at CCRI, who I believe it's a male. Did you see this? He's saying he identifies as a lizard. He is walking around C- CCRI in a dragon outfit. It's kind of kind of scary. It's, it's not even Halloween yet. But um, but Mary, I, is I, this is it a new policy? Is what I'm trying to find out that the school department in North Kingstown is accommodating or asking? Like, how did this come about? Is it is are they now saying like asking questions of parents and students? How do you identify? And then it's an offshoot of that. Do the parents have to I okay have, it? I have. 
been informed that there are, are a number of surveys that are being sent out to parents and to students that are highly sexualized, um, you know, very hyper-focused on gender and uh, gender ideology. Um, I'm not in receipt of those surveys because I no longer have a student um, in a school system. Thank God mine's graduated and, and out of college, but um, this is what I'm being told from parents, and I've seen it on social media, some of them shared. So, I, my reason for putting it out there, number one, is to prove or disprove it today. Okay, this doesn't serve me to lie about it. I'm not getting any positive attention for it, trust me, unless it's true. But if, if it is true, there's a student or students and their families that need help. All right, and it's difficult to get mental health in Rhode Island right now, especially for children. It is at least a three-month wait for an appointment. So first of all, my heart, my empathy goes out. I happen to live with a psychiatrist who is running for school committee, okay? Because he's concerned about the mental illness and the welfare for our children, what's going on. So I, I just want the public to think about this for a minute as outlandish and ridiculous as it sounds. Pull your child aside when they get home today and ask them if it's true and believe the answer they give you. Because it would have never occurred to me as a parent to ask my daughter, did she get naked in anybody's closet at school? And that went on for 20 years in North Kingstown, right. 20 years plus, and nobody asked a question. So, again, I'm sticking my neck out on the line. This doesn't please me to to go here and, and, and bring this up, but I'm going to look out for the welfare of children and say, you need to be asking your students what's going on over there, because I don't trust this school department. I wouldn't let them walk my German shepherd, let alone educate my child right now, based on the things that I hear. But just to repeat, Mary and folks, and again, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show. We're hearing that students in North Kingstown, two of them have told the administration or at their school that they identify as a cat. And as a result of that, the schools have put litter boxes in the, the whatever the restroom is, whether it's a male or female. Um, and Mary's also hearing this is going on at possibly some other schools. I, I'm just curious, Mary, I, there's also, I know you're mentioning mental health, but I, I just wonder, is this a prank? Is this, no, you know, I don't think that this, somebody I, I, doing I do it to not, get attention? No, uh, no I, don't, I don't believe that to be the case at all. This is not, the, the people that have been reporting this to me hold positions of public trust and responsibility they everybody is frustrated they feel like their voices aren't heard i mean you've been following the nonsense in north kingstown for the last two years we have one school committee member who insists on having gender uh you know neutral bathrooms all over the schools okay oh, the, 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 the the building codes don't allow for it there has to be a set number of male and female restrooms in every public building based on the occupancy of the building you can't just arbitrarily go through and make i, I know but a home. litter box that a, a litter box. box? I mean, that's... What are we going to do if a student says he or she identifies as a rhinoceros or a hippopotamus? We're going to go outside and build a pen but, for them? Come but on. just the practical nature of it, um, it would be lack of privacy. It also, it could be a health situation. I don't know how they are performing what they have to unless it's like an adult litter box. Like, is it... I, I don't know. It sounds like... I, I don't We I don't need know. to wait to find out imagine. more. Yeah. Yep, and that's why I'm urging any parents, um, you know, if you have photos of litter boxes in the school bathrooms, you may text them or private message me with them, sure. send them to John, forward them on to me. Yeah. Um, but we want, I want to prove or disprove. I hope it's, I hope it's, <laughs> I hope it's wrong, but I don't believe that it is. And we need to start questioning everything. Huh. When you see surveys that are highly sexualized and gender ideology, you need to start asking yourself, maybe this is real. And is this really safe for everybody? Again, and what, this is. One of the students children. was hissing at other students as the cat. Yeah, one that identifies as a yeah. cat, I'm told from uh, the parent of the child hissed at that, yes, they were. Did you also at. hear about the student that apparently identifies as a dog and he was chasing cars in the school parking lot? Did you hear about I that? I did not hear that. <laughs> Which school was that? <laughs> It's very disturbing, Mary. I wish they would just focus on reading, writing, and arithmetic. But all right. Well, listen. We'll follow up. This I like the. We're going to follow up on the story, Mary. Thank you for joining us on Short Notice. Thanks, John. All Take right, care. Folks, there Bye-bye. it is, Mary Brimmer. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals 
help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. 580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream, build, enjoy. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on this Monday, December 26th. Again, Merry Christmas, one and all. I hope you had a, a great weekend. If you think uh, weather is tough around here, and it is, it's very cold out. It is going to w- start to warm up, not only today, but then as the week goes along, at least, at least uh, break out of all these freezing, freezing temperatures. Folks, check out some of the snow totals in western New York, though. They just got buried. 44 inches of snow. Many people are trapped. Now, you're off today. In addition to listening to the radio, uh, make sure also you check out our website, dipetro.com, and then we're posting videos. We have uh, quite a bit. Maybe you want to catch up. Maybe we're off this week can catch up on some of our videos from the potential building collapse that almost happened on Friday. We have that up. Then we also have the uh, all the different episodes, six episodes in with uh, Cranston PD Live. We're going to be posting some of the other video we've had over the course of the year, some of the problems in Trinity Rep. It's a full happening, folks. You can check all of that out on the website, dipetro.com. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. And you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. As we look over, I can look at the Capitol right now. We are coming to you from our nation's capital. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. A great meal, a feast, whether it's in the dining room or in the pub. They'll have the Patriots game on, football game on. Thursday night, pretty soon we'll be getting into the baseball playoffs. And then also uh, college football on Saturdays. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And also don't forget about their Kay's Restaurant. Kay's right there in Woonsocket. Folks, again, repeating big story. We are coming to you from our nation's capital where the focal point here remains on the open border, the problems with immigration. And But I'm not, I am cognizant of the fact with them. Um, we have some major stories closer to home. One is, in fact, and I was mentioning it, but the medical examiner has positively identified one of the bodies found to be that of former Woonsocket Mayor Susan Menard. So our condolences and thoughts go out to our family, someone without question 
a prominent figure, really not just in the really not just in the Blackstone Valley, but all of the state, as a matter of fact, and that is former Mayor Susan Menard. And they have not finalized the identity of the second person, so we're just going to follow on the on the official word on that. So that is obviously big news, and stay tuned to the station for more details regarding that. And on top of that, um, we are also, the big local story is that a judge has said that the truck tolls, the truck tolls have to be down within 48 hours. Now, I also saw that the Providence police have, have ruled a homicide. There was a 75-year-old man killed inside his home on Ethan Street last month. The man, believed to be responsible, was charged and arraigned in court. So, first, the death did not seem suspicious. The medical examiner was called in, and they determined it was a homicide. They believe the man was followed home that evening, physically assaulted in his apartment, died of his injuries. The man responsible for his death has been charged and arraigned. So, that's why it was not a huge deal. Now, I also, am I seeing that, I think Channel 6 is reporting, I think, that the state is preparing judge rules in favor of trucking industry in the lawsuit with the tolls folks that's major because governor mckee is not ruling out the cars will be to have to pick up the slack for the trucks um let's see we don't know rhode island department of health has identified one of the two found rhode island prepares for potential arrival of illegals the Rhode Island Emergency Management Agency said they're working with Governor McKee's office to prepare for the potential arrival of illegals in the Ocean State. Our emergency response community will be prepared. We will get them registered to vote as soon as they arrive. A group of migrants arrived in Martha's Vineyard last week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said there were two planes carrying 50 Venezuelan migrants. Plans for part of the state relocation program, transport illegals to sanctuary destinations. Well, I want to tell you, as we're in Washington, uh, and again, if you haven't seen it, we did get a chance to interview Marjorie Taylor Greene, the representative, a little bit earlier. And without question, um, what happened on the vineyard has just dominated here. I mean, that is, it's all anyone is really... It's one of those stories that it literally rocketed across the country. And it's, as I have said, it's easy to understand. And I think that is one of, well, I know that's one of the reasons why it has um, just taken off so much is just because of that, that it's it's one of those stories that's that's easy to understand. You know, they, they claim and... On uh, Martha's Vineyard, as we know, Rhode Island and Mass, uh, no such thing as anyone illegal. Governor McKee has repeatedly said times that illegals would be welcomed in Rhode Island. The people of the state would be more than happy to pay for them. And then all of a sudden, when uh, when that happens, um, then all of a sudden, you know, they think of the the uproar that it caused, the fact that 43 people arrived on the vineyard. So, and, and they immediately shipped them off the vineyard, as a matter of fact. So, without question. So, but that, that story and also uh, the governor of Texas. Now, I also want to mention that, as I, I started to say, the situation with, with President Trump and his family, I, there's too many details. I don't want to just gloss over it. Um, none of it sounds sounds good. These are very serious charges. Uh, there could be more charges coming down. But the New York State is suing the president. I, I just wonder, now you also have the children involved here. That's different. And 222 page filing. And they're referring it to the IRS for criminal prosecution. So I, I don't know enough about if they have responded to that as of yet. But that is obviously big news that has uh, come down today. So, folks, we are here today and tomorrow 
And one of the things, obviously, that we have um, that we have talked about is just what a problem illegal immigration really is. As much as it's a major problem in our state, it's really something that hits all over the country. And so um, we have a guest coming up, uh, Bridget Gabriel, and she is going to be our guest. She's an expert on terrorism. She's also an author, leading terrorism expert, as a matter of fact. Provides information analysis on the rise of global Islamic terrorism. And you see her quite a bit. I've seen her on Fox News Channel and others. Uh, But Bridget Gabriel is an authority on illegal immigration. And folks, it's one of the things that, with an open border, how it truly makes us more of a target uh, by by having the failed policies that they have for with the the Biden administration, by all accounts, as we've said, and you know you've heard that it is basically an open border, and and it leads to that. And you watch with the amount of people that are coming in, it is absolutely a matter of time before there's going to be some kind of incident. There have been incidents in the past when you have this, and you can't really control and that's what it comes down to they have no control who it is that's coming over and that's one of the problems within it's just a matter of time that someone that has other intentions um, are just gonna perpetrate let alone so many of them are then ending up in the New York area uh, arriving in our area and Bridget, so, and then, um, and then it's just a matter of time before something is, 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 is going to happen. So, hello. Anyway, <laughs> trying to get your attention. Okay, she's on her way right here. There she is. My goodness, why don't you get your headphones on and then make sure you're all set. She's right oh, on time and nice and prompt. Fantastic. It is hot up here, isn't it? It is Woo. very warm, yeah. You're and it is kidding. a little bit more air But I found the there. perfect spot right to get this air conditioning. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Falcon Pest Services. 12 months of the year, you could have a pest problem. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts called Falcon Pest Services today. 401-739-1322. Free consultation, 401 739 1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401 739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 